0: Welcome in, listeners. This is the Wagmey Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Colin Guarini. Nick, introduce yourself.
1: I am Nick Musto, a co-host on the show. Um, just got back from vacation, feeling good, excited for f- yeah. uh, football season. We start. haven't
0: been yeah. in the studio in a little bit Yeah, since a couple weeks ago, probably yeah. a week and a half. Everything was
1: pre-recorded. Although, we tricked y'all.
0: We shouldn't tell you that. Follow us on Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, at Fantasy. More importantly, subscribe to Winning with Wagney. It's the newsletter designed to get you geared up for your draft day and keep you ready inside the season. Go to our website, WagneyFantasy.com, to do so. What are we talking about today? Today
1: we're going to be talking about our sleeper wide receivers. Um, We're also going to mention each a tight end sleeper that we have that we're high on. And then we're going to play a little game at the end, Um, wide receivers. We're going to give each other each a list of three guys. Um, and we're going to say floor. Yep, ceiling just, floor
0: just like last time with running backs
1: mm-hmm. okay so let's start it off here with our wide receiver sleepers um colin do you want to give your first guy
0: yeah i do uh and so i tried going way down wide receivers didn't didn't start inside the top 30 wanted this to be more so the guys that i'm targeting in the last round true sleepers but this guy's going a little earlier than the rest that's hunter renfro he's going at wide receiver 33. I projected him to finish as a wide receiver 22 this year. He finished as a wide receiver 10 last year. Many people, he's obviously being discounted because he's no longer the top target for Derek Carr. That is Devontae Adams. However, I feel like that offense is going to be much more efficient with a tantalizing star in Devontae Adams, where Renfro is going to find plenty of opportunity. He's a good red zone magnet. I still think he's going to produce a top 24 season for yep. us.
1: He'll be seeing plenty of single coverage. Um, Probably going to be more of the reception guy instead of the, uh, he's going to, he's going to seep out of the role of also being the main red zone target. I think Devontae Adams just demands too much attention. Um, It's hard to not throw to the best receiver in the NFL when he's in the end zone.
0: And Hunter Renfro is stupid sexy too. Yes, That's he is. another thing that I like. I love having, body. love having sexy men on uh-huh. my fantasy team
1: um so let's move on to Marquise hollywood brown wide receiver 21. um it's safe to say that the connection with Kyler and Marquise Brown was excellent in college and it's possible that that will continue into the NFL. We're finally going to see that happen. I'm ready. I'm pumped
0: for yep. this. connection. I, I, there. Th- I
1: have, I wasn't high on it to start, but I'm really starting Same. to be a fan of Marquise Brown in Arizona. Do you
0: think it's because we've seen like Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow light up the league together? Like just because they
1: played together before. Yeah. yeah.
0: Now, now it's going to become more of a trend.
1: I think it does give you an advantage. Like you we'll see Derek Carr with Devonte Adams this year and it'll be good because Devonte Adams is too good, but it's not there.
0: It is what there's muscle memory yeah, in yeah. there from their Fresno. Exactly.
1: Stadiums. So I'm, I like, I like the college receiver quarterback combination here. Um, I think that, Oh, well, so uh, Marquise Brown had insane efficiency. He, believe it or not, he was a target hog. He saw eight plus targets in 29 out of 43 games And that, yeah, that number right there is impressive. Um, And we're going to see that again in uh, Arizona now that De'Hondre Hopkins is suspended. I think that for the start of the season, you'll have a wide receiver one in Marquise Brown. Yeah. Yeah.
0: For the first six weeks. One thing I'm excited about, well, let's just throw out some metrics bullshit stats that I'm going to connect the dots to Kyler Murray had the highest deep ball completion rate or percentage rather and he had the third best deep ball target quality marquise brown was eighth in the league with deep targets last year with 27 i think that's going to be a pretty potent mm-hmm. connection Good connection yeah. uh, great deep ball there's no christian kirk who played as a deep slot he was kind of the deep threat in that offense he did it all well, Rondell D- is going to score touchdowns, yep. too. yeah, too. Yep, Rondell Moore plays very shallow. His his uh, ADOT is less than, like, five yards because uh, he's so small, but that doesn't really matter. Marquise Brown, though, he's a vertical threat, and I think he's going to secede well. I got another dude that – okay, so I'm outside – I'm officially outside the top 40 mm-hmm. wide receivers now. Hunter Renfro is my highest guy. Second guy is Kadarius Toney, who's going at wide receiver 47 – I projected him to finish as wide receiver 34. And that's simply because he would he passed the eye test last year. Yeah. You saw it, and he was phenomenal with the ball in his hands. He was targeted on 29% of his routes. That was the seventh highest in the league. And he had by far the highest juke rate. Not nobody compared to him. Two-thirds of the times he touched the ball, he juke somebody out of his (laughs) shoes. 67%.
1: He dropped 10 for 189 on Trayvon Diggs's head. If that says anything.
0: It says that Diggs yes. is just merely good at catching the ball I and agree. returning yeah. it. But eh, whatever, forget that. This, who, this isn't about defend- who, defensive players. Who's your second wide receiver sleeper? Um,
1: so I didn't I didn't go as far back from my first two as Colin did, but my second wide receiver sleeper is Allen Robinson, wide receiver 30. Uh, he goes into L.A., um, team that just won the super Bowl if anybody knew that i know it's crazy news Shit. um yeah 27 percent vacated target share is what he's walking into without with obj on the injured reserve list Bobby tree Bobby. Tree's no Yes. Um, so who's going to step into this? I don't think it's Van Jefferson. He's had his chance before and it's never really worked out for him. He's a good receiver occasionally, but
0: he's the dude that's gonna catch two balls for 150 yeah. yards and two touchdowns. And
1: you never balls. know when to play that. So play take Allen Robinson. Um, he's a possession receiver. He's never been the breakaway play guy. Um, juke you out of your shoes. He
0: like was his first two or three uh, years in Jackson yeah. it would be pre-ACL tear a rob was another breed Mm, that was like how long
1: ago though six years (laughs) six years something like that yeah even seven so i think with this just how good this offense is going to be stafford's going to be able to support two receivers we'll see cooper cup get his of course nothing's going to change there but i don't see cooper cup getting 191 targets again exactly and i think that now they have a guy who's I think Allen Robbins is still a very good receiver. I think he was much better last year than what we thought. He didn't want to play. Yeah, he didn't want to play, and the quarterback situation was just bad, and Matt Nagy was bad. You know, like, Matt Nagy, get him out of there. He's going to do good this year. Um, I would be a little concerned about when OBJ does come back, if he stays on the Rams.
0: Yeah, How about that, you? That, that would uh, definitely take away from A-Rob and not Cooper Cup. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I probably wouldn't even want to touch A-Rob if that happened, but yeah. nonetheless – OBJ and Robert Woods combined for 117 targets last year. A-Rob is definitely the best candidate to fill that completely and maybe a couple more. I projected him with 119 targets for next year, the okay. right around 20% target rate.
1: Yeah. You target B- next right? guy?
0: Yeah, and this is a guy that is going out wide, rec- wide receiver 44 right now off the board who I think will be going. I projected him to finish as a wide receiver 28. That's Alan Lazard. I believe at wide receiver 44 right now, draft him there while you can, because he's not going to be available come closer to draft day. I see this guy going inside the top 30 wide receivers come late August, first week of September, when everybody's drafting, he's Aaron Rodgers' Go to Rogers top target has it's been since 2012, since Rogers top target had less than a 20% target share. Alazard, 16 red zone targets, second to only Devontae Adams, 28 last year on the team. He had the six most fantasy points per target with 2.38. He has the most returning wide receiver targets. Why why can't people accept that he is A-Rod's number one target this year?
1: I think that he is A-Rod's number one target this year, and he will move up. But I'm going to save what I have to say about Lazard until I talk about a guy later because I have another Packers receiver on my list who I will be talking it. about.
0: Randall Cobb,
1: <laughs> yep. So I'm going to move on to Russell Gage, wide receiver 45. Um, he moves back. into a great situation. Yes, back to back. He moves into a great situation in Tampa Bay. Godwin out for what you think? You were I saying think about it's two only. Weeks? I
0: think it's only a game or two. He's supposedly looking good. i okay. um, a little ahead of the curb. He tore his ACL and MCL, I feel like, both in week 14 last year. So it was a late-season injury. However, everybody's saying that he looks fine. He looks on track. He's not going to start the season on the pup.
1: That's good news. And I did this before I knew that news about uh, Chris Godwin. So take this as you will. But if Godwin is to miss time, Godwin and Gronk combined for 38% target share last year. This is now vacated. Um, Tom Brady went out. He called Russell Gage on the phone and talked to him and recruited him to the Buccaneers. So that just shows that Tom Brady had faith in this guy to come in and fill the void that Gronk and Godwin were leaving. So I think that Gage has a great opportunity here. He's playing with the best quarterback of all time to really have a great start to the season, depending on Chris Godwin's absence.
0: He was saw last year filling in for Calvin Ridley as the go-to in Atlanta's offense. I think Russell Gage, A.B. was top six in fantasy points per game last year. I don't think Russell Gage and A.B. are comparable, but Mm. it shows that that wide receiver three spot in Tampa Bay's offense is very valuable, let alone if he's a wide receiver two for a couple weeks. I think Gage is a great pick in the 12th round. I didn't even
1: include... AV's vacated target share in that too. So yep, it just goes to show there's a lot of missing pieces, not offense and gauge is going to be that offense threw
0: the, the ball. three 731 times i's, I'm high on Russell gauge, but I was actually surprised when I did my projections, he came right around where he's being drafted at like wide receiver 47. It's not that I'm not overly positive. It's on him. That's just how the numbers worked out. However, I, I think he's one of the safer options when you get to that land. So last
1: year we saw this offense support Gronk, Gronk, Evans, Godwin, and A B. And, and Leonard Fournette. And Leonard Fournette. So do you see a, a world where even with Godwin and Evans, that yeah. Gage is still a very useful I, receiver?
0: I do. The Buccaneers threw yeah. the ball over 40 times a game, 43.1 times per game. Russell Gage is going to be on the receiving end of at least five of them. You know, that's only 13%. Uh, I guess more closer to seven targets per game. I think I had him at 99 total targets for the year. That is good numbers for Mm. your wide receiver four or five. Now we're going into deep territory. This is where it gets murky Yep, gross. We are at Jamison Crowder at wide receiver 72. I projected him to finish as a wide receiver, 48. And that's solely because he steps into a great opportunity as the starting slot receiver in Buffalo. Cole Beasley had over 105 targets in all three Buffalo seasons, um, 17 to 20% target share each of those years. I projected Jameson Crowder with a 15% target share, understanding that the rookie Khalil Shakir is probably a little bit more explosive and better as a backup than Isaiah McKenzie um, that what Beasley dealt with mm-hmm. I think Crowder is just as easy as you can get outside the top 60 to finish inside the top 50
1: he's going to be their possession receiver he's going to be the guy that moves the chains because he's gonna he's gonna catch the ball in a lot of short area yard short uh, yardage pickups and that's going to be his role in this offense so if you're playing PPR he's a steal I think
0: him and Beasley entered Buffalo's offense both in their eighth season the only difference Cole Beasley had no seasons with 100 targets prior to Mm -hmm. Buffalo Jameson Crowder has two okay so Mm -hmm. he he's um established himself as a strong slot receiver
1: he's a bit of a vent um so let me move into Tim Patrick um going as the wide receiver 63 off the board um Yes, there are two other receivers on this offense that we project to outperform Tim Patrick by a fair margin, um, one of which being Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy as the second. I think Patrick is clearly the, wider, the third best wide receiver in this offense, and we will see weeks where he outscores them both. He's a deep threat. He scores
0: touchdowns. Third best wide receiver, but two first names. Yes. yeah <laughs> think about that <laughs> Judy, like, Jerry, Judy. <laughs> well, judge Judy whatever yeah. um no Tim Patrick, is he go- he's gonna have his weeks yes know, is that- um and there's
1: reports that Patrick has good connection with Russ um even better than Judy depending on which beat writer beat reporter you read from um so that just encourages me to take him he's a great best ball player uh, late round find as well he's going to have massive weeks is there
0: anybody more overrated in the first two years of their career than Jerry Judy currently? I don't yeah
1: it's just insane how high he's going and we just haven't seen him do anything yet right?
0: I uh I hate the Steelers I live in Steelers country I go to school out in Pittsburgh I quietly am a closet hater for the Pittsburgh Steelers but I saw something I saw something that Uh, I just loved and that's why is Chase Claypool, you know, entering the same amount of years as Jerry Judy with more of every single statistic, receptions, receiving yards, Touchdowns. Yeah. Why is he um being blown off as some bust overrated wide receiver? And why is Jerry Judy the next best thing since Slice You know, I'm I love that. I love that. <laughs> yeah you're a big you're a big Yinsers, baby. Claypool,
1: so. four touchdowns in a game. I don't think he'll be able to check the stats. I don't I don't believe Judy's ever had anywhere close to that. I don't think he's ever had two touchdowns. No,
0: but game, Gabe so. Davis did. Yeah, well, I, I and we're high <laughs> on Gabe Davis. I am high on Gabe Davis as well. Um I got one more. Yep. Uh, K.J. Osborne going at wide receiver 84. That is not a misprint. Wide receiver 84. He is projected as my wide receiver 41. Yes, the majority of his stats last year came with Adam Thielen out, but you're in a new offense with Kevin O'Connell as the head coach. He's going to have three plus wide receivers on the field for 75% 75% of the snaps Adam Thielen turns 32 this year. KJ Osborne seceded while on the field. He took advantage of every opportunity he was given 50 catches over 700 yards, five touchdowns. He's a solid wide receiver. He's the wide receiver three in a very pass heavy offense this year. I love him that late.
1: Yeah. I'm a big KJ Osborne guy as well. Again, great best ball
0: pick, but also a
1: great deep league pick playing 16 teams, especially. Um, and honestly, I could see him finishing, yeah, around wide receiver 41, double or cut his uh draft price in half where he finishes. Um, they love this guy in Minnesota. Every I watched watched in games last year, I was Justin Jefferson owner and I'd watch KJ Osborne catch a touchdown and he looks just like him, and it would make me cry. Um, but he's very capable. I think Thielen does age and it's out with the old, in with the new. KJ Osborne finishes much higher than wide receiver 84.
0: I just read something that Kyle Shanahan was quoted saying about we must move on from Trey sermon. Now I hope I didn't misread that, but that would be officially cutting ties with the third round running back from last year. Trey sermon.
1: Yeah. So Tyrion Davis price, maybe
0: a little more value, I guess. I don't know. I
1: have to read into that more yeah. before I uh, weigh in. Breaking it. news. Yeah. Right. That so, was
0: breaking news.
1: Sammy Watkins, wide receiver 89, the last guy on my list, um, the true number one receiver in uh, Green pfft. Bay. I think Watkins will have his games. I know that Lazard, I think Lazard will be the safer guy. He'll get more targets, more receptions. He will score touchdowns. He's a big guy. But Sammy Watkins is going to have massive games where he catches big plays, takes one 50 yards to the house. I, I bet what you
0: Sammy Watkins doesn't even make the final roster. <laughs> <laughs> like I bet you he does.
1: I think he does. I'm taking shots on Sammy Watkins in best ball. I think that he's going to explode some weeks. Just the quarterback's too good. And there's the lack of weapons is too imminent to ignore Sammy Watkins and his abilities.
0: He costs nothing. He's a best ball fan. Yep. So looking at our sleepers, I don't know how high, if we're calling them sleepers, how high do you think Hollywood Brown could finish? We probably should have talked about that while we were talking about real him. quick. Let's just go down. So
1: Hollywood Brown could finish if all things go well, except that D Hop will return. Hollywood Brown could still finish as a wide receiver one this year. He could finish back half, maybe 12. He could finish. I think he'll finish anywhere from 11 to 15 if things go well. With the D hop return as well. What about A Rob? A Rob, I'd say a little higher than his ADP suggests. He's a wide receiver 30. I could see him finishing around wide receiver 24.
0: Okay, so still good value. Yes, we're talking about. Yeah. Um, I see I said my projections in every mm-hmm. single one of them Renfro, wide receiver 22, going as wide receiver 33. Uh, Tony, wide receiver 34, going as 47. I won't mention the rest of them. You can rewind it. Uh, Let's go to our little game, wide receiver, ceiling, and floor. So if you didn't listen to the last episode on running back sleepers and the ceiling floor game, along with our quarterback sleeper, you should, uh, first of all. But if you didn't, explain the game for them a little bit, Nick. So I'm going to give Colin three guys
1: and he's going to say who he thinks has the highest ceiling and the lowest four out of each of those three. And then he'll do the same for me. We each have three sets of three guys. So we'll do this uh, six times. Well, math. Um, Shit. Yeah. So I did, I did. Yeah. We'll start with my first set of guys. Round one wide receivers. Stefan Diggs, Devontae Adams, Jamar Chase, who has the highest ceiling?
0: Oof. Devonte Adams does. Uh, that's because we don't know what his connection will look like with Derek Carr. They could strike lightning as they did in their Fresno state days. I can see a world where Devontae Adams finishes a wide receiver one overall. I can also see that with really any of these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say Devontae Adams has the highest ceiling out of them all. Jamar Chase is a close second.
1: And lowest floor?
0: Lowest floor for me is Jamar Chase just because we don't know if T Higgins is going to, well, we do kind of know how that works. T Higgins and Jamar Chase are 1A, 1B, however, which way you want to describe it. And Jamar Chase averaged 18.2 yards per catch last year, only saw 128 targets. I feel like in the back half of round one, I want a little bit more established efficiency. You know, he's only entering year two. He had an insanely high yards per reception mark, or I want more volume than just 128 targets. So to me, he has the lowest floor.
1: I'm going to say highest ceiling is Jamar Chase because we've seen his massive weeks are massive. And I don't know if Devontae Adams, he's had those weeks before.
0: Could be be Tay as lowest floor too.
1: Except mine, that's my lowest floor is Devontae Adams. I think that, we, it's just the, we know, we've we seen what Jamar Chase can do in his situation, Diggs can do in his situation. We haven't seen what Adams can do in his new situation. So I'm going to say Adams with the
0: lowest floor. It's good logic. Um, I'll give you a trio. Ooh, I have a couple very interesting ones. We'll yeah. start with T. Higgins, A.J. Brown, Jalen Waddle. Who has the highest floor or highest ceiling? Excuse me.
1: I'm going to say the highest ceiling here is T. Higgins. Again, another... Cincinnati receiver. This offense is just too potent, too efficient. um We've seen T. Higgins uh catch 200 yards and two touchdowns in games last season, and I think that it happens again. I think we'll have Jamar Chase weeks, and I think we'll have T. Higgins weeks. So highest ceiling goes to T. Higgins. Lowest floor. Lowest floor. A.J. Brown. Stop I that. I hate A.J. Brown.
0: We hate that guy. I hate him. Fuck you, <laughs> A.J. Brown. If you're listening, I'm
1: not leaving any drafts with A.J. Brown. Uh, I like Devonte Smith. I like the Eagles as a run-heavy offense, not a pass-heavy offense. I don't I mean, –
0: They're definitely going to pass it more, but but. just how much more and then how many of those are allocated towards A.J. And how good will the targets be from Jalen Hurts? Well, there's just so – I don't know. Jalen Hurts is a good quarterback, I think. But there's so many pieces in this offense. You have Smith, who saw 104 targets his rookie year. But Dallas Goddard, that tight end position has historically been utilized a lot. Mm -hmm. Goddard is in line for 85 to 110 targets. Mm -hmm. The running backs are utilized in the passing game very frequently. Uh, Kenneth Gainwell, Miles Sanders combined for 83 themselves. And then you look at the depth in the receiving room, they have Quez Watkins, Zach Pascal, and who could forget Jalen Rieger? There's just a lot of mouths that will get small bites. And at that point, I feel like the pie is not big enough to support AJ Brown. He's got the lowest floor to m- for me. Highest ceiling is Jalen Waddell. I feel like he's going to be unlocked by Mike McDaniel this year. He's going to play much more vertical. He came into the league as a dangerous deep threat, sub 4 3 speed. I feel like we could see him utilized in that fashion. I'm excited. About that guy's future, I don't see Waddle as the highest
1: ceiling, just because I see him in this group as the most consistent, and he's the guy that I think I would take put in a vacuum. um Well, obviously it depends on situation that you're in, but going as most likely your wide receiver two, maybe you're right wide receiver one, but we'll say wide receiver two. I'm gonna take the consistency there. I know that I'm a big. I, I'm I'm high on taking guys that are going to win weeks as your wide receiver too. But I really like Waddle. I think that he offers that. But I think that in general, he's just more consistent than these other two guys this season. Give me your next. Yep. So round two wide receivers, the E-E-Es, Tyreek, Debo, and CD. <laughs> <laughs> D- Ty- DD D D Tyreek Hill,
0: C D Lamb, and Debo Samuel. Who has the highest ceiling? Highest ceiling is easily C.D. Lamb. Uh, I could see a world where he's the wide receiver one overall this year. He's Dax number one. He was Dax number one last year, but there's no Amari Cooper anymore. Michael Gallup's going to miss probably the first month to six weeks of the season. Dalton Schultz is the only other mainstay in this passing attack. Dallas is very high of pace. Throws a lot. Easily C.D. with the highest ceiling.
1: And then lowest four?
0: Tyreek Hill mm-hmm. because again, he's entering a new offense. I do think Mike McDaniel, for the same reason as Jalen Woe, um, he's gonna unlock Tyreek Hill and get the best out of his players. But I don't, I'm not sure if the best in Miami's offense is gonna be even comparable with what we've seen with Tyreek Hill catching bombs from Patty Mahomes over the last couple of years. We just don't know.
1: So I agree with both of those answers, CD highest ceiling, Tyreek. Lowest floor and scared of Tyreek in a vacuum. Who do you pick though?
0: CD. Uh yeah, it is CD, but I like how we don't mention Debo, and he's arguably the most ambiguous player out of anybody in fantasy football this mm-hmm. year to measure up. Just the, uh, where he's going to like. Yeah, I I don't know. You could make a case for Debo as the highest ceiling and the lowest floor in here uh, for a couple different reasons. Quarterback change running back, you know, or Mm. how's he going to be utilized in the running game? I'm going to leave him off to the side, though. I think he's fine this year. He came out as wide receiver seven for me, one spot below CD. Uh, Let me give you your next. So you're on the clock. You have Terry McLaurin, DJ Moore, Deontay Johnson as your options. Who has the highest ceiling? Who has the lowest floor? Start with the ceiling.
1: Okay. Highest ceiling out of these three guys is DJ Moore. Um, Deontay Johnson enters a team or enters a season with a quarterback change. We don't even know who the quarterback's going to be. Is it Mitch Trubisky? Is it Kenny Pickett? Is it Mason Rudolph? I don't know. Yeah, so right. <laughs> and, and with Deontay Johnson, we've never seen him as a ceiling guy. We've seen him as a high floor guy, which is good. It's useful in fantasy football, tons of receptions, but that could completely change this year with whoever he is. He had
0: like it was against Seattle Sunday night last year. It terrible. Like, I checked the box score. It was like seven catches for 31 yards. <laughs> at halftime. It's like, yeah, you got 10 points, uh, but you're really frustrated seeing him getting yeah tackled. Four wrapped, yards a catch. tackled and wrapped up real quick.
1: Um, and then I'm going to say lowest floor out of these three, Terry McLaurin, DJ Moore, Deontay Johnson is Terry McLaurin. I like Terry McLaurin. He's a good receiver. Everybody harps on how good of a receiver he is. And he is a good receiver. But what does Carson Wentz do for this offense that Taylor Heineke didn't do? Why is Terry McLaurin going to be better because of Carson Wentz? I'm not too sure. I hear a lot of Terry McLaurin hype. I hear a lot of Terry McLaurin hate. I think that his floor is bad. I don't like his floor. I'm staying away from him because I don't want those weeks where he's going to have one catch for 10 yards, and that's it.
0: Yeah, I mean, he finished as wide receiver 25 last mm-hmm. year. He was being drafted as wide receiver 10 or 11. Terry's just someone that that is extra, extra, read all about it. He's somebody that everybody harps on, um, preaches about being an elite wide receiver, but he has yet to produce like one.
1: Who are your picks in this set? Highest floor.
0: I'm not going to answer. I'm not going to answer. It. It's too hard. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, it's uh, highest high ceiling is DJ Moore, and we Baker mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield could be the push of the needle into wide receiver one territory. We've seen him, seen him produce very efficiently. Actually, no. Screw that. Highest ceiling is Deontay Johnson. He had 169 targets last year. He's not going to see that again uh, without New arm Benz. Arm thrown to him, but he's still the best receiver in Pittsburgh, and he's the best playmaker in the offense. Mm -hmm. He's got the highest ceiling for me. The lowest floor is Terry for the same reasons. I just don't don't see Carson Wentz being the. I don't like him. him.
1: I just don't like. Yeah, he's an
0: Ohio State guy. I'm a Penn State guy. We we respect each other. We don't get his name's Terry. Give me your give me your last trio. Round five wide receivers. Who has the highest ceiling out of Cortland Sutton,
1: Brandon Cooks, and DK Metcalf?
0: Highest ceiling is Cortland Sutton. He could be Russ's imminent number one option throwing the ball. And he's 6'4", 230 pounds. He's had the highest ADOT in the league, maybe second highest. It was over 16 yards. Regardless, he's Russell Wilson's new deep threat. Russell Wilson has a cannon attached to his arm. So Cortland Sutton has the highest ceiling. I could see him producing 1,200 yards, double-digit touchdowns fairly easily this year um, doesn't come easy by all means, but I see a, a lot of probability being skewed towards that end of the range of outcomes. Lowest floor for me is easily DK Metcalf.
1: Mid, DK yes. Midcalf. I was going to say, me. I didn't give you a full list of guys that said Sutton cooks and then some guy named Metcalf. I, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. mid DK Wait. Midcalf is what I meant to say.
0: Yeah. Should have clarified that in the podcast notes. Um, DK mid-calf, Met-calf, whatever you want to call him, he's going 20 wide receiver spots. He's going out wide receiver 17 compared to Tyler Lockett's wide receiver 37, whereas the two have been separated by less than nine fantasy points each of the last two years. Um, I think they're going to meet somewhere in, in between their ADPs right now. I feel like DK, the general public understands that he's someone we don't really want to touch this year. I feel like he's going to slide down the boards outside the top 25 come draft day. He easily has a lowest floor.
1: I uh, agree with DK Metcalf, mid calf, med mid calf having the lowest floor. I am not a fan of him. I never have been. I don't think he's a good receiver. And now with the quarterback change, I think that he's even worse. I think Tyler Lockett may have finished higher than him this season. Um, someone else I'm not touching.
0: All right, that's going to psych. We're not done yet. We're going to give you a tight end sleeper each. Uh, forgot about that. Yeah. So, Nick, who's your tight end sleeper? Outside the top 16 tight ends, who's got the best chance to better themselves and finish inside the top 12 tight
1: ends? Irv Smith, tight end number 16 from Minnesota. Um, the Kevin O'Connell effect will play into his uh, ability to perform this year as well. He'll be seen in the receiving game. He's a freak athlete in college. He was a freak athlete um, last year. Sadly, he was he dealt with injury, could not play all season due to I think it was ACL, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I honestly, ACL. I don't know. I'm it's, pretty sure it was ACL. Let's call it an ACL. Yeah. Missed a whole year because of the knee injury. Yeah.
1: Um, so this pass-heavy offense will utilize the tight end. Um, we may see a bit of a decline from Adam Thielen, which means Kirk Cousins is going to have to find a new favorite red zone target if that's the case. JJ and who Osborne, better, baby? Who better than Herb Smith? The big, massive tight end target who's just gonna stand in the back of the end zone, reach above Jalen Ramsey's head, and dunk the ball on him. I like to I like Irv Basketball. Smith. Basketball.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like Irv Smith this year, late round tight end. Wait to take your tight ends late. I want a sliver of I'm gonna leave every draft with some sort of Minnesota Viking on my mm-hmm. team just because I'm really excited about this offense. And the value for where he's going Irv Smith is probably going to be that guy pretty frequently mm-hmm. as your backup tight end, or if you're going zero tight end, he's someone that, you know, I'm not going to trust as my sole tight end on my roster, but if he's my backup, I feel like I have upside to have another starting tight end on my bench. I agree. Okay. I, I have a guy going tight end 14, Cole Komet. Is, he's another guy where I feel Pretty. Both of these guys landed inside my projected top ten tight ends. You can check them out at WagMeFantasy.com for the full list. Uh, but Cole Komet, he had 60 receptions last year. He's the second receiving option in Chicago. He had zero t- touchdowns last year, which is is an anomaly. He saw 93 targets. He's got to find the end zone, right? He's he's due to score. Projected him with 3.6 touchdowns for next year. Supported the tight end nine finish. He's just someone that's going to volume his way into mm-hmm. the top ten tight ends. Volume and into
1: relevance. And that's the same
0: thing. Things. Wow, the
1: same thing <laughs> is going to happen with Darnell Mooney. I think I just had a. Stroke. I thought you had a. Stroke.
0: You kind of paused it. I thought I looked over. I was like, Shit. I, like, I had
1: to stare off into the distance and just like collect myself. Yeah, same thing is going to happen with
0: Darnell Mooney. We could have included him in wide receiver yeah. sleepers. I just feel like a broken record talking about him. Uh, I thought there's there's plenty of wide receivers going undervalued or overvalued. It's such a volatile position. You can go through there and pick them out. You got any last comments to say, Nick? Um, I don't.
1: I would. I would just say. Find yourself some sleepers as well. We'll list tons of guys throughout this Just podcast. Listen to us. We yeah. got
0: you. Um, the best thing you can do for yourself as a fantasy football manager is go to WagneyFantasy.com and subscribe to our newsletter, Winning awesome. with Wagney. We're going to have everything you need for draft prep in there. And then in season, Nick and I are going to go through, we're going to provide very valuable tools each week, trade targets, waiver wire, pickups, start them, sit them, that sort of shit. Um, in inside the season to help you become a championship caliber manager. So go do that. Visit waggingfantasy.com. Subscribe. Connect with us on our socials: Twitter, TikTok, Facebook at Wagging Fantasy. We are all done. We will see you next week.